Hey, Exchange family, this is Exchanging Stories. As they're wheeling me out there, I think, and I must have just been in the process of going out because I remember getting really dark and I saw like, for me, like little sparkly things. I just thought them stars. And I just said to myself, wherever I wake up, I'm okay. Well, hey, Exchange family, we are here with Ruthie Gower. Good morning, Ruthie. Good morning, Brian. It's so good to have you. Uh, Ruthie has been a part of Exchange with her husband, Tim, since the very beginning. You mm-hmm. guys helped us plant north uh, from North from Wake. Yeah. Uh, we're part of the, the team that came with us and uh, from day one has been just supportive <laughs> and really, really great. Thank uh, you. But for some of the people who are maybe new, Ruthie, tell us just a little bit about yourself and uh, your family. Well, Tim and I have been married in last month by 37 years. Congratulations. Thank you. We both come from Pennsylvania. We've actually known each other since first grade. Um, So we have that history as well. Yeah. Uh, We moved from uh, Maasai, Chicago 12 years ago, Hmm. decided we wanted to come to North Carolina when, quote unquote, we retired. And so that was before you got into education. Education, right? <laughs> yeah. When I went back to school yeah. at sixty and graduated at sixty-three, yeah. got my teaching certificate, went back to work. So anyway, yeah. But I loved teaching. I love kids. Um, unfortunately, Tim and I do not have any of our own children, but we have so many friends, families with children that we just feel like they're we're kind of their extended family, whether they be their great, you know, second set of grandparents or third set of grandparents or aunts and uncles. So that's been such a joy. Uh, when we first came to exchange, we, besides Beth and Rick, we were the only ones over, I think probably even over, no, over 40 for sure. And so we were kind of like this little subsect of, yeah. of exchange. And so it was for me for a while, it was a sad thing because yeah. I'm not making a whole lot of fellowship. And then about three or four years ago, Beth McCoy realized that we have, we had about 13 women who were empty nesters or possibly, I'll say over the age of 50. And we decided that would be a good time to put together a group that I've been thinking about for a long time. Yeah. Well, so what's the name of that group? The name of the group is the WOW group. Yeah. And we met about, it was last month that we met, we finally decided what we need, because, well, Tim's been after me for a number of years to put together a mission statement for us, other than just us meeting every month and fellowshipping and... We would find different um, organizations that would support, whether it be the Human Coalition or getting coats and things for yeah. kids that are from uh, poor families. But, so last month we put together and we decided that WOW, or the acronym stands for Welcoming um, Open-Hearted Women. Okay. And so that the, there's a little asterisk behind the women because as much as we love young women, this is going to be for probably women who are um, over 50 or empty nesters. Yeah. And we tied in our mission statement with Exchange's mission statement of equip, extend, and enjoy. I love it. And so we uh, at some point it's going to be public, um, publicized, and so everybody will be able to see exactly who we are, what we are. Yeah. yeah. So if someone listens to this, they come to Exchange, uh, maybe they're new the week before they hear this, and they think, oh, man, that sounds like something I'd love to be a part of, until... Um, you know, we get you up on stage, you know, if they came uh, one Sunday and said, I'd love to be a part of that, how could they find you, Ruthie? Well, um, you can, uh, well, I have a long email, so let me just get my 
my phone number out there. Sure. Okay, it's uh, 919-621-5160. You can call me or text me there. Okay. And Ruthie is always also standing towards the front left-hand corner, mostly with her hands raised during worship. <laughs> um, and uh, she's yeah. she's been great. And, and I did forget kind of about that. That whole journey was, it was really a journey for you in finding your place at exchange. It was definitely, yes. And actually the reason we started with the WOW acronym is when uh, Tim and I, before we moved here, we were going to a, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a Presbyterian a PCA church in Naperville, Illinois. And they had created this group of women, older women, um, who they were, it was called willing older women at the time. And that group, though, the, the demographics of that group was different than what our demographics are here because all those women were either retired or they're not working outside the home. And so we, the, the mission of that particular group was just to be available for any woman who needed our help, whether it be to watch children while their mom had to go to a doctor's appointment right. or if things just became so overwhelming at home, if we just needed to go and help clean. Yeah. And that was just something, it was a ministry that I loved. It was wonderful to be serving these other women and then also being part of this group of other women where we did a Bible study as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a wonderful uh, fellowship as well too. And so when we moved here, I really wanted to do that. Yeah. But being exchanged, yeah. it was just, it was a young, I mean, not just a young church, but a group of young people. Yeah. And so, yeah, it took, it took a while for, for uh, us to find our spot, but yeah. we have our spot. Yeah, we yeah, love the spot. Yeah. And even going back to what you said before, um, I think providing a space of family for a lot of families, you and Tim, I feel like um, are some of the busiest people that I know uh, making your rounds with different families that exchange and just caring for them and loving people and, yeah. and them loving you guys. And so uh, all that to say, we are thrilled that you and Tim are here. Tim uh, leads the stewardship team. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't uh, known that, Ruthie knows that with yes. all the papers on the <laughs> kitchen done. table. Yeah. Um, but uh, you guys have been just a blessing to us. Thank and you. so... Uh, Ruthie, tell us a little bit about your faith journey. How'd you come to Jesus? Oh boy. Um, I was raised in a church. Uh, it was, a, it, right now I would call it a pretty liberal church. It was, I think it started as a reformed evangelical church and then they had some other churches that united long when I was a child. And so it's United Church of Christ. So it wasn't, I can't think of a time that I haven't known that Jesus was my savior. Hmm. But it wasn't until I was in like 40 or 41 that I went to Bible study fellowship. Mm-hmm. And then they have this, um, well, I think it was called Steps of Assurance then, or the Letter of Assurance, and they changed it. But basically what it was, it was a document that if you weren't sure of your salvation or if you wanted to be saved, there was scripture that you would read and you would alone time and there were actually prayers and so that is where and, and the first year I went to Bible study fellowship it was the um, minor prophets oh wow yeah <laughs> I, I know because <laughs> you know, everybody says oh it should be the book of John and not what you you know that's where you get to know sure. Jesus and so but it was a minor prophets and I just fell in love with the Old Testament and so that's really where I learned, I learned that knowing was Jesus was my savior. I learned that he uh, learned Jesus as my savior wow. that having this personal relationship with Jesus as a kid watching televangelists on TV and say, you got to be born again, yeah, you know, and yeah. that was just so off-putting until I realized that's what Jesus said yeah. to Nicodemus, yeah, you know, and so that was just like such a big turning point in my life, that Bible study fellowship. 
And so, um, you know, and at the time, Tim wasn't saved yet either. So there was a little bit of tension sure. in our marriage yeah. because I had changed and he thought, oh, it's, just, it's one of my whims or something like that. But it was just, it was a little bit of a struggle in yeah. the marriage. There was some resentment on my part. And then he would say things like, well, I'm just going to go to heaven on your coattails. I said, honey, that ain't the way it works. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, so as a new believer, you're, you're kind of struggling with how do I live out my faith right. in my marriage? Right. Right. Uh, that has some tension in it right, right. now. Yes. So probably not doing everything no, correctly. Right. And, right. and Tim, um, just not being a believer and, um, you know, just probably struggling with, with, if, is this for real? And, <laughs> and what, parts of your faith are going to impact my life. Right. You know? Right. So how'd you do it? What? Um, I actually, um, Bible study fellowship also has what they call ASK. So yeah. you put your prayer request, ask, seek and knock. Okay. And so every, every week you would put your prayer request in. And so every week my prayer request was for Tim salvation. Wow. And then the discussion leaders, they would share different scripture. Like, you know, that the wife would be praying that through the wife, the husband would come to the Lord. And I, I, I don't remember all the scriptures, sure. but, um, and then I got to the point where I said, all right, Lord, whatever it takes. <laughs> That's a dangerous oh, yeah, prayer. Yeah, I know. And then I kind of like, oh, I like, I, just, I like felt like I was looking over my shoulder all the time. Like, okay, Lord. And then, uh, this was in 1995, 1995. And then the company that Tim worked for had been a privately owned company, went public. And then they just, they, they had went out of business. He lost his job. Mm. And so, um, and then, so that was what, it, I guess that's what it took. And then he started going to church with me, begrudgingly, but he did. Wow. And so I, I won't say here on this podcast what he said when we were in church, but anyway, we were the he first. He wanted out. He wanted out. Yeah. The first service we went to was a Thanksgiving service. Yeah. And so the pastor has said, well, we're going to have the mic. <clears throat> And whatever you think, whatever you're thankful for, just come up and just you know, just share what the Lord has been doing. And then Tim whispers to me, and he says, they put that mic in my face, I'm leaving. <laughs> so anyway, fortunately they weren't. It was, yes. it was a voluntary, it was a voluntary but it was thing, voluntary. Yes. Yeah. So yes. anyway, so that was his first experience of well, going to Well, that just goes to just show you kind of like the work that the Lord absolutely. needed to do and was yes. doing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that he even wanted to go with me, yeah. that was just like, it was a baby step, but that's all it took. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. And that encourages your faith. It and, was really good. Yeah. And at some point, you know, we'll, we'll get Tim in here to tell that story. Uh, but he comes in, you know, and um, he comes to faith. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It was life amazing. and marriage is just easy from there. Right. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. No, because I don't like the, the, the S word submissive. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. So. yeah. Yes. No, no it well, was not. Yeah. That is, I, you know, that story is not like um, not unlike a lot of other stories where someone in a marriage comes to faith and really struggles with. Um, how, how do I live my life in a way that's that's appealing, but also real, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not like you can protect every word or every action or every look that's right. or, or yeah, you yeah. know, all the things, yeah. you know? And the Lord chooses to use your best and worst moments uh, mm-hmm. along with the Spirit to draw people mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. you know? I think it's through those faithful prayers. Yeah, it is, it is. So um, fast forwarding, uh, I don't know how many years, Ruthie, maybe I... I from that point to now, I don't know, 30 years, uh, something like that. Um, this year 
was a, a pretty surprising year for oh, you, it was. wasn't it? It was, yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of exchange kind of knows part of the, the story, but uh, just this year you had um, what we would call significant emergency surgery. Yes, I did. Yes. So tell was, us a little bit about what happened. Well, I, first of all, I, there's always been my family. I mean, it's just been cancer. So I just figured if I was going to have anything major, it's going to be cancer. So I never even thought of heart issues. And I was getting ready. I, I was getting ready. Uh, well, I'm on my way to work. I teach a preschool and I was feeling kind of crummy. Um, but I thought, well, it's going to pass. And I got there to school and and I felt worse. And so I just told my director, I said, I feel awful. And she she knows I generally will work through mm-hmm. if you don't feel good. So I went home and then I went to urgent care. Um, they did all, they did what they could do. They didn't find anything. Went home. I had my um, primary care uh, appointment on Friday the next day, just because I was dealing with sinus and allergy stuff. They looked. They didn't find anything. And that, that was Friday. The Friday night, I felt awful. And then Tim took me to urgent care again. But this time, it was to a different urgent care. Then they sent me to Wake Med <laughs> urgent care. So anyway, apparently... A long weekend. Uh, yeah, it was. And so we were there for eight hours. They did the chest x-ray. They did an um, EKG. They did a CAT scan. And so sent us home. And then four hours later... Sent you home with... With basically saying, saying you couldn't find, yeah, couldn't find anything. Fine. Yeah, couldn't, yeah, you couldn't find anything. Yeah. Couldn't see what was wrong. And so, um, four hours, it was four hours later, they called and got a hold of Tim and said they need, they need to get me in there as soon as possible because somebody else had reviewed the CAT scan hmm. and saw something there. And so, went in there and didn't, and I didn't realize how serious it was until I actually talked to my cardiologist several weeks later. But anyway, so then the surgeon comes in and says that, and I don't exactly remember exactly what he said I had, but basically what he said is that by the lawyers say that they have to tell you that it's a five, I think to 7% chance that I won't survive the surgery. Hmm. And Tim freaked out. And I'm hearing, there's a 93 to 95% chance that I will survive. Right, yeah, so yeah. I'm hearing it on a diff- different yes. end. Well, Tim, so. Tim's, Tim told me that, that 5% never sounded as large as it did that yeah, day. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, right, um, yeah. And, and so then when they took me in, then I see, then I, oh, then um, he was, uh, the surgeon said something about, I don't know, I don't remember what he said, but I said, I know I said, I'm, I have a lot of people that are praying, and praying, uh, praying for me. And he says, well, that's who he goes to too. And then mm-hmm. who would I see walk in? Todd Smyre. I yes. thought, all right, that's kind of nice to have a familiar face. Yeah. I didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah. And then I understand that you had something to do with. Well, I, so, you know, when, when the, all the calls were coming in, talking yeah. to Tim and, and, and you knowing that you were going in for surgery at Wake Med, I called Todd and, and, um, left a message for him and he called me right back and he said that he had just gotten a call to come in for an emergency surgery uh, and and it sounded just like yours, and so uh, we were able to pray. And he said he would be praying throughout the whole I'm, surgery. I'm you know, uh, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, it was. I, you, there's so many things. To, when I oh. look back at this, and I see, you know, the hospital uh, releasing you, do, doing all the tests, mm-hmm. um, and the yes. hospital releasing you, saying, you know, we couldn't see anything. You're all clear. You know, just get some rest and everything will come back to normal. You probably got a virus or something, you know. And then for some reason, we don't even know this part of the story, but for some reason, someone wanted to double check Mm -hmm. that scan. And they saw this little thing that said, hey, come in. Yes. 
because it wasn't it pronounced enough for the first yeah, surgeons right, to see right, it, right? Right. But it was, but it was dangerous enough that it could have been really bad. Yeah, it would have been fatal. Yeah, I would. It could have. It was a dissection of the ascending aorta, which I understand that because it could go up and, and cause a stroke. And then also there was also an aneurysm, so it was a kind of a double whammy that I had yeah. that I had no idea. Yeah. So a little bit of a little bit of pneumonia, but I think that was just like they didn't really care about the pneumonia once they saw all sure. the issues with the aorta and yeah. the aneurysm. So and, and then um, they sort of wheeling wheeling me out there. I think. And I must have just been in the process of going out because I remember getting really dark and I saw like, for me, like little sparkly things. I just thought them stars. And I just said to myself, wherever I wake up, I'm okay. Mm. And I've never, that was just a, that was a brand new experience for me because if I wake up in a hospital, great. But if I wake up with Jesus, that's more than okay too. So yeah. that was just, I felt, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say I felt joy. I can't think of anything else to call it. Did you... Did you ever expect to have that feeling? You know, because outside of that moment, it's all just hypotheticals, right? Is, but right, in that right, moment, to be right. able to literally say, yeah. on, on a surgical bed, yeah. no wherever I wake up, I'll be okay. No, I, no, I never even thought about it. Because I, I, I even would ask myself, well, if I knew I was going to die, you know, how would I deal with that? And there was a, there was a, po- a, you know, a, a, a slim possibility, but a possibility that could have been it. So I never, that was just amazing, hmm. like feeling that I had. Uh, and what does that do to your faith coming out of that? Now, oh. looking back at that experience, say, you know what? When my faith was tested, yeah, yeah. you know, like my heart was sure, yeah, you know, yeah. like my mind was peace, like I had peace. Um, my faith has always been pretty strong. The only time that I've had any kind of a doubt when it had to do with a dream years ago where, and I was silly, but my dad, it was a dream where my dad was there and he said, honey, he said, there is no afterlife. And then I, and it was just really scary for me. And then after I realized, I thought, well, if there's no afterlife, what are you doing talking to me? <laughs> it was, I know yes, it was a dream, sure. but you know, yeah. so that was only, but I, my, I think that's one of my gifts. It's just my faith. Yeah. You know, like even with everything that goes on in our world right now, yeah. it is a lot of horrible things. I just know that God is sovereign. He's yeah. in control and there's nothing that's happening that he wasn't, isn't aware of and, and, and is not aware of what's going to be happening in the future. Well, too. I can attest to that because yeah. at least, you know, once on Tuesday mornings when I'm having coffee with you and Tim and Tim and I are griping about something <laughs> in the world, you remind us of the sovereignty <laughs> of God and that it's all going to be okay. Um, I can attest yeah, to that. Yeah, um, yeah. So what do you think... Um, you know, you talked about just even the difference of faith made in that moment. Because I can't imagine someone coming, rolling down that hallway and not knowing, not knowing, Oh, I, yeah, you know, yeah. where I'm going to be. The fear, you know. the fear they'd have to have. Yeah. Um, you know, you've already talked about the, the difference that faith made throughout that. What about the difference that community made in, in that process and recovery? I'm t- well, of course, and I... I wasn't aware. I don't think. Well, I knew there was prayer training that Saturday when I had my surgery on April second. That's right. Um, but I didn't. Re- I mean, it's like the timing was perfect because I know during that training, prayer was said for me through yeah. my surgery. Um, I know through our um, small group prayer was said. I know through the Wow group prayer mm-hmm. was said. People came in to visit me, and in the very beginning, I know I was really groggy, and but I still had like you and Ed and and Graham, and of course Tim was there, and so just having knowing that was just 
even the nurses were wonderful. You yeah. know, it's just like the community of the nurses that they said. And I could share a little bit when I was a little more coherent with them too about trusting that Jesus was in, tr- in control. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that exchange and that you said something about it at one of the, at the service and, and that Easter was coming up soon too. That I was know. like, that was so perfect. Resurrection, new yeah. life. And yeah. then, so now the, the community, that was just all those, God is a God of details. Yes. You know, I mean, we always, I should say, often think of God with a big picture and the big miracles, but he is a God of God of details that knows exactly what we need when we need Mm -hmm. it. And so I just saw his hand throughout that whole process. Well, you know, like it it kind of bookends part of our conversation for me in, in that, you know, in the early years of exchange, uh, just struggling to find your community. Yes. Yes. You know, and hard. to say like, is this my place, you right. know, and kind of fighting through, we had conversations mm-hmm. about that, you know, and um, really fighting through and then having this experience and I, you know, not to put words in your mouth, but not doubting where your community is. Oh, not at all. Right. You know, just experiencing it, mm-hmm. you know, through trials, through, you know, I would say suffering and through this, really tough situation not even thinking twice about this is this is where I belong oh absolutely yeah. oh my goodness I, I mean I look forward to it's not a I mean I look forward to coming to church it's not something oh geez here's something a check you know I gotta do I look forward to worshiping I look forward to seeing other exchangers I look forward to seeing the kiddos um, in exchange, especially seeing the kiddos, the children in exchange. But it's just so sweet that we have these group of women, the wow women that we can laugh yes. with and have yes. fun with and that we can relate with, that we're all kind of in the same generation and that we can kid with where we get things, whereas the younger generations wouldn't. So we really, yeah. we really need it. That was really yes. important. But then we're also looking to see what we can do and what we can offer for younger generations yes. that's something we're discussing now too well speaking of the the younger generation one last question mm-hmm. uh if if you were gonna look back at yourself you know uh 20 years ago and obviously the lord was sovereign uh but if you were going to speak to a younger generation now and say this is the best thing that you can do now for an emergency that you don't know that you're going to have later mm. what would you say ruthie mm. boy the best thing, well, I mean, I, I mean, the obvious answer is going to be being spending time in the Word and knowing God's promises that He's never going to leave nor forsake you. Um, but also putting together, being making sure you're in a community of some sort, whether it be a small group, whether it's, I mean, whether it's young moms meeting together just to talk about their kids, or meeting at a park, or something, mm-hmm. having community of some sort. But and 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 getting a prayer partner, I think, mm-hmm. is really important too. Or yeah. a prayer, at least a prayer partner, if not a prayer group. And even if you're not comfortable praying out loud, just being with somebody who can pray over you. Yes. I mean, I know that. Um, I was over when I had people visiting me. They would just pray over me when yes. they, when I when I came home. So just knowing that that words are being lifted up to the Lord to not only to to heal you, but just to, um, to comfort and to strengthen and just to, to teach you what you need to know. But yes. I, yeah, community is really, is important, but you really need to be in the word. Yes. Definitely Both things. Very yeah. important. Yeah. 
Ruthie, thank you so much for sharing part of your story with us today. Exchange, I hope you uh, are able to walk in this story with Ruthie. Lean into your own story, and we'll see you next time on Exchanging Stories.